Kristen. Hi, Sophia. I feel like I should start singing as a hint to this week's topic, like, be our guest, be our guest. Please don't sue me, Disney. (laughs) Their lawyers are so scary. Uh, That's the remix of my awful singing. How are you, Austin? How are you doing? I'm not bad. How are you? I'm I'm good. I'm uh, feeling it. I I had a coffee this afternoon. It's wearing off right now. (laughs) Woo! Midday, well, midweek, midday, something. Something like that. (laughs) Yeah. So we're kind of here for a last minute episode because we were to have a guest. Yes. That ended up falling through, which is too bad. We're really excited for that, but things happen. Yeah, hopefully next time, but uh-huh. we're still very excited to talk about, <laughs> drumroll, The Guest List by <laughs> Lucy Foley. Um, yeah, so I mean, I kind of want to get right into it, Austin, because I have feelings about this book. Um, Me too, which you've your... heard already, but I'm going to try and surprise <laughs> you all over again. <laughs> I saw your Goodreads rating before we went to record, so I already know that you have feelings about this book. What was the what did the rating ended up being? Because it glitched on me. It said two stars on my. Okay, feed. that's right. Yes. Okay. So spoiler: alert, I didn't. I wasn't a huge fan of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I am currently not rating items on Goodreads, which we can get into on a later episode. Um. <laughs> But I liked it. Um, I definitely think it was one of those books that I saw all over Bookstagram. A couple of friends had read it, and I kept seeing it on display at Indigo. And I was, I was like, "Let's say it was just at Indigo on the weekend, and they had an entire table set up of it." I'm guessing it's a recent publication. Yeah, I think it's like 2019, 2020. It's really recent, um, and it's also by the same author as the person who wrote *The Hunting Party*. Uh, which I think is either like a Netflix adaptation now or yeah. a movie, but that one's like supposed to be really good too. And it's funny because um, people everywhere are saying if you if you like the guest list, you won't like the hunting party. But mm-hmm. if you like the hunting party, you won't like the guest list. <laughs> I'm gonna have to read the hunting party then. You you may have to. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. I've actually, I've never heard of this author or the book before you mentioned it for this book club. So have you read The Hunting Party? I have not. Um, And I feel like maybe I won't now because I liked the guest list. So (laughs) what does that say? It's like Coke or Pepsi. I feel like there's strong opinions. Um, (laughs) No, I I haven't read it yet. Uh, I found out about it because it's uh, Reese's book club pick. Oh, right, right. I forgot about Reese. Okay. Yes, Reese. Um, she's She has her own book club, which I think is so cool. And she's been picking some really good books on it, like from a variety of like uh, genres, I'd say. And um, just after all of the Big Little Lies hubbub, uh, which I still haven't read or seen, by the way. I really need to get on that um, because I love Nicole Kidman and Zoe Kravitz and... So, yeah, seems like a a positive uh, recommendation for me. But ever since then, I've been kind of following, like, casually, not, like, super, but I just wanted to see, like, what books she was picking because Uh she also, like, produces a lot of movies. So usually those ones get, like, picked up and adapted, which is pretty cool. Mm. 
Okay, Ooh. so we'll start off with your opinions on it since you're the, the more positive outlook on it. What did you like about the book? All right, good news first. Um, what I liked about the book, I liked the setting. Uh, I feel like there's a lot of really good thrillers coming out uh, from like authors from the UK and from Ireland. And uh, yeah, it's just like a really like, not a cozy feel, but it's just, I don't know. It's just different. Like American thrillers sometimes like scare me a lot. Like they, they feel very like um, criminal minds or something where I'm always like, it's too close. Like the border is right there. Like something could happen. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of like a Canadian thriller that I've read, but I cannot, uh, <laughs> which is kind of the same reason that I listen to podcasts about American crime and not Canadian crime. Uh-huh. I don't like to picture that so close to home. <laughs> Uh, which is pretty ridiculous because we're situated pretty close to the border. Um, uh-huh. Not like super close, but like close enough. And uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, I really like the book. So basically just a quick summary. Uh, it's about a wedding that's taking place on a secluded like Irish island. And the bride is an influencer, uh, an Instagram like online magazine situation. Uh, big trendsetter. Think like like uh, Goop by Gwyneth Paltrow or uh, Poosh by Kourtney Kardashian. I don't know if I'm even... What language are you speaking? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, like, tight. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. <laughs> I, I'm unclear. Um, but anyway, that kind of vibe. She likes expensive things. She likes the aesthetic. She likes the lifestyle. Um, and then the groom is, like, uh, a reality TV like show host I would say he's like supposedly like an outdoorsy guy and the camera follows him but he's just like this really good looking dude and he has like a cult following um and so they get together on this island and they bring their nearest and dearest uh friends and family so the book kind of goes around in different points of view from the groomsman um and the bride's sister and her best friend, who I loathe with every fiber of my being, Charlie is the worst character. Uh, had to get that off my chest. That's debatable to me, but we'll get into that later. <laughs> Don't even go and there. the spoiler half of the episode. Oh, yeah, the spoiler half. Okay, we'll make sure to do like a disclaimer. We should, <laughs> we should make like a, a special song to announce that segment. <laughs> I'll um, let you sing that because you did so well on the intro song. I was about to say, clearly, don't let me do it after the intro. <laughs> um... So yeah, uh, they're on the island and basically it's time jumping back and forth, which we'll also talk about later in this episode. Um, and we know that someone has been killed. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what the book is going in with. What I liked about it, I like that we were kind of guessing who it was as we went along. That's the joy of the thriller, I think. Like something bad is happening and we don't know what and I kind of like thrive well not thrive I enjoy (laughs) being in that place of reading of like not knowing what's going on but feeling like the suspense build um I think that's fun Uh I feel like you know like when some people love roller coasters or something like they like that feel like that's me I don't (laughs) do heights I don't do roller coasters but I will just emotional heights (laughs) just emotional heights that's me (laughs) So, Austin, what did you not like about the book? Do tell. So, pretty much everything you liked, I did not like. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. The setting to me was meh. 
You didn't like it? I don't like how they kept setting up as like this ominous place and it's making the people do all these bad and different things, but it's just an island. I didn't really find, okay. I guess for like the, the connotative purposes, it makes sense, but. Picture like, like Lord of the Flies. Like that's when people start to get crazy when they're like away from like. But they were like... only on the island for a day. <laughs> that's, if they were on there, if it was like a week long event and I would have got it more. Oh, but yeah. It seems like the minute they got off the boat, they just started acting like different people than they say they were before. Maybe, fair. maybe that's it. Maybe they aren't different people. They just think they are. Yeah. Like, <laughs> to be fair, like, the groomsmen, which I feel like deserve their own 10 minutes of this episode, they were deplorable. Like, they're just like a basket case to deal with. So it didn't take much for them to go off. <laughs> that's my second point. I didn't find any of the characters very relatable and a lot of them I didn't find very likable at all what about Hannah I couldn't really relate to Hannah the only one I kind of Mm -hmm. I kind of identified or not identified with but was following closely was Olivia okay the sister the sister of the bride I don't want to get into too much spoiler stuff just yet okay and my other big gripe with Mm -hmm. the book was the overall plot which I wasn't a fan of Yep, that's fair. <laughs> you know what? I understand that one. Um, I get it. Yeah. Should we go into the spoiler section of this episode? Yes. Okay. Spoiler okay. warning. Turn Here off now if you haven't read the guest list yet. Whew. I feel like the gloves are off. We can like <laughs> finally get into it. It's it's like we're dancing around the parts that we really want to talk about. So this is it. This is the moment. Ah, okay. So the entire book is told from the point of view of what? Five characters? I think five. Yeah. Plus will at the end yep and it ends up that will the groom is the murder victim yep and all these terrible things that he's done come out slowly throughout the plot of the book yeah and each of the other pov characters has their own motivation for wanting to kill will yep which is also revealed throughout the book and in the end it ends up being the wedding planner Aoife, which <laughs> we talked about pronouncing that yes yeah we should we should talk about that so um, I'm half Irish and I have like three or four cousins named Aoife. Uh, <laughs> and every time they come to Canada or like visit America, if they go into like a Starbucks, they won't say their name to a barista. They'll just say Sally or Jane <laughs> and they'll pick something really plain because they don't want to get into spelling out Aoife or explaining, <laughs> um, which I think is hilarious. But yeah. Anyway. So we also, uh, you mentioned the groomsmen. Uh-huh. So part of the groom's backstory is he went to this exclusive private school. Yes. With with whom a bunch of his friends are now attending the wedding. Mm-hmm. And it was very frat-like, I'd say, which is another yeah. reason why I did not care for any of those characters. I'm not a fan of frat guys. <laughs> <laughs> not to discriminate. I'm sure some are lovely. <laughs> um. So eventually that comes out that him and his best man were indirectly, directly responsible for the death of a young boy because yep. Will was going to cheat on a test and the kid was going to... Was he going to call them out on it? I forget. Or is he just find the... I think he was going to turn them in and it was a okay. big deal because Will's dad was the headmaster. Uh-huh. So yeah. we find out that Aoife's motivation for killing Will was that the young boy was her brother mm-hmm. wound up accidentally being killed. But what I didn't like was that the coincidence that the brother 
of Aoife, mm-hmm. worshipped Will, but also Aoife's husband 20, 30 years later. Freddy. Yes. <laughs> also was just coincidentally her brother's roommate in the exact same super exclusive school. But like, that's the beauty of it. Okay, Aoife met Freddy because he was her brother's roommate at this like private school. They bonded. They clearly fell in love over their mutual passion for revenge. And they lured this wedding to this island so that specifically Aoife could kill him. <laughs> if that's not true love, I don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone listens to this, I'm getting arrested. This is not what I <laughs> That's not true love. I know that. But I thought that was like, yes, it's unrealistic. But like, I feel like when I go into books of this nature, like my threshold for like what's realistic is like pretty low like uh. I'm not but I see what you're saying because like at some points I was like okay literally anyone could be the killer here because Will is awful and I was like that's one of the thing I didn't like is that I found they didn't leave enough clues throughout the book right until the end to single out a single person yes. like right up until like the last three chapters it really could have been anyone Mm-hmm. And they kind of didn't point in one way or the other. So it kind of makes it hard for the like the reader to figure it out for themselves, I thought. Yeah. I think that kind of answers my question that I was going to ask you of. <laughs> like, did you see the end coming? And I, I saw one part coming that... Okay, spoilers, even though we're in the spoiler section. <laughs> like, this is another thing that, like, is going to surprise you. So turn it off if you want to read this book. Um... But I knew from, like, I feel like pretty early on that, like, something was wrong with the bride's sister, Olivia. And it turns out that, like, she had been seeing this guy and, like, uh, was pregnant. And the guy, like, totally ghosted her. And I knew that it was going to be Will. That was pretty obvious to Uh me. Just because, like, they were so uncomfortable around each other. It felt, like, pretty obvious. Like, she kept trying to, like, drop hints that this was, like, going on. And I was like... I know, girl. I see this coming. Um, so that to me wasn't surprising, but it was surprising to me that it was Aoife only because, like, I feel like we, like, the uh, the ushers or groomsmen, like, kept dancing around the fact that something bad happened while they were at school. And I was like, uh-huh. okay, what happened? And I was kind of confused because I thought that the something bad that happened was something that happened to the best man, Jono, um, because like he was kind of like cast as like like this like how would you explain it like he he was like his best friend but like he was less wealthy than the other guys uh-huh. was he like, got it on a sports scholarship to the private yeah. school right yeah and like i i just felt bad for him like he kept like having curveballs thrown at him in life and then like i don't know i just like i felt for him and i really thought there's like an, a section of the book where we find out that Will actually screwed him over and the only reason he's on the show alone is because he told Jono that the producers didn't want him on the show. And that to Uh me, like when that went down, I was like, oh yeah, he's the murderer. Like, why would he not like Uh kill that guy? But I was, I was mildly surprised to find out it wasn't him. The one thing I did like more spoilers Mm -hmm. was that Jono got framed for the murder in the end after everything you did like that i like that because it wasn't just a straightforward happy ending yeah you know how i like my my dark endings in my (laughs) (laughs) yes i mean i guess i just like like whenever like we started talking about jono like 
he was kind of a creep. Like he was hitting on the bride's sister who was like only 19 and he was uh. like 30. And I was like, you stop. But I was also like, there was moments where I was like, obviously you have PTSD from something that happened. Yeah. And like, there's something going on with him. But I was like, guy, like you just gotta, <laughs> you gotta stop. <laughs> like It's not working out. Um, okay. Would you say, again, you've kind of already answered this, but would you say that any part of the end was satisfying to you other than Jono getting framed? I can't really say that it did. I didn't really find any of the characters got any closure because I don't think so. Olivia's big drama yeah. was that she used to be with her sister, her sister's husband or her sister's fiance. Right. And he got her pregnant and then, yeah, just ghosted her. Yeah. And then her whole struggle is whether to come forward and tell her sister and get it off her chest that this has happened. Because obviously mm-hmm. it made her life take a big downward spiral. Yeah. But it just ends up her being. No, I'm not going to tell her. And then it comes out anyway. But, like, it's kind of like, like, I don't know, Austin. There's, like, a lot going on there. Like, <laughs> let's unpack that. Like, I think she, it should have been, she should have told yeah. Jules instead of Jules overhearing it in the cave. But Jules is crazy. Like, when we were going through this book, like, Jules is the bride, by the way. I don't know if we clarified that. Um she has some stuff going on as well because she has a lot of like anger and unresolved stuff from childhood. And so she and Olivia don't have the best relationship. Um, So I was like, I kind of get it. Like, I don't know if I would tell Jules, like Jules seems like one little thing to ruin her big day could like, like this is like bridezilla to like a very scary extent. So I don't know. And like, it, it, like, she's so young and being intimidated by Will to not say anything. And there's that whole other aspect of Will is kind of like a predator already. Because as we find out later, another character in the book, Hannah, her... That's sis- another thing I didn't like, the thing you're about to- That's another big coincidence really? I found. Like, come on, really? <laughs> but, like, I don't know, man. I don't know. So it turns out that Hannah, who is the wife of Jules's... <laughs> best friend charlie who i loathe as we know um hannah's sister committed suicide after being like like she was a victim of revenge porn from this guy that she was seeing at university and uh it turns out that's will too because will is the (laughs) worst he's absolutely the worst um and i i just feel like will kind of like personifies like like toxic masculinity in a way where like like any bad thing that that could have been done like he did it like it was very odd yeah that's i don't like how they made him like a sex offender and also a murderer from if they had gone the one way or the other then i would have bought it a lot more but i don't like how they doubled down on how bad he was i just found that but real unrealistic too but like to be fair there is a lot of crossover in that department sometimes Uh uh-huh yeah but i see what you're saying because like I feel like other than his crimes, like, we don't know that much about Will at all. Like, he's just kind of, like, his whole character is just bad. Like, (laughs) it's kind of two-dimensional. That's one other thing I didn't like, too, is in the last maybe 50 pages, they give him his three own point-of-view chapters. Yes. Where they try to give him, like, a sob story where his dad had really high expectations. And I didn't like how they set him up as this terrible guy and then tried to reel it back just a little bit right at the end. 
they could have done without the his POV chapters, I think. I agree. I, I really do. And like the thing is that like I kind of got the vibe from those chapters of um <clears throat> Carolyn Kepnes, forgive me if I'm saying the last name wrong. She writes the book series You, uh, which is what the Netflix adaptation is based off of. That and adaptation that I couldn't stand. <laughs> it was so scary to me, Austin. Like <laughs> I, I literally had nightmares so bad that I, like, barfed. I don't know what it was. It just, like, it messed with my mind. I think it just scared me because it's, like, you hear all these stories about people dating online. And, like, like you don't really know what people are capable of. And, like, that was just, like, the worst-case scenario. And I guess my brain just couldn't take it. Like, that oh. felt, like, psychologically, like, crazy to me. Um but, I think we talked about the show before on the podcast, but yeah. Kate was watching that show, and it's just the constant monologuing. Oh, <laughs> that's yeah. What, that's what turned me off of it. I, I hate when shows do that. Yeah, he's like the the Carrie Bradshaw of, like, thriller TV. Like, Carrie Bradshaw from Sex and the City, who just, like, <laughs> is like, and that left me wondering, does New York have enough blah, blah, blah? Um, so, yeah, I don't mind monologuing. I don't know why. But anyway... <laughs> Uh, yeah, back, Will, to the, back to the matter <laughs> Will's last few chapters from his perspective were just basically him whining about why he oh. deserved more or he deserved to get away with something and that reminded me of Joe from the series You um, and I think that was like interesting to me because like even when you talk to like well not us obviously but when professionals talk to like serial killers and try to understand their mindset like there is something within them that is inherently like centered in a way that's interpreting things differently like they can't empathize with people they can't match those like responses and I think like it was really annoying but it was important to realize that Will was like too far gone like he was just like not I guess so yeah I don't know <laughs> didn't like him either though <laughs> <laughs> okay so I think I also want to talk about the narrative structure of the book okay because it flip-flops back and forth between, like, third-person current events. Mm-hmm. And then it flashes back to each of the each of the point-of-view characters from first-person. Yes. But the, cur- the events currently going on are told in past tense. But the events in the flashbacks are told in present tense, which I found to be a bit disorienting. <laughs> yeah. I, I liked it. I'm a fan of a good... A good time jump like when it's executed well it works when it's all over the place I find it really disjointed uh-huh. um and again I think that adds to like trying to find out what's going on which I, I like <clears throat> and I I do like multiple perspectives because and I don't know why in my mind it's always set up like this but to me it feels like a breakfast club effect where <clears throat> you get like multiple perspectives on like the same situation um that's just always how I've pictured it in my mind but uh uh, yeah I don't know I really like it and I like it from like a thriller or mystery perspective because then it's like you're getting multiple clues from everyone and you're trying to piece it together and you're not sure like which narrator you can trust and uh I like that I like a good unreliable narrator um I like the structure of the first person chapters I just wasn't a fan of how it kept going back to the present day Mm -hmm. the way I would have preferred it is to have them tell the entire night of the wedding right in the beginning and yeah. then spend the rest of the book doing the POV chapters filling in the blanks. Mm-hmm. 
instead mm-hmm. of like they do a little bit of the wedding night like the lights go out people scream yeah. and then it cuts back to the sorry to interrupt chapters isn't that the best though like wouldn't you be so scared if that happened to you like that's like a classic trope like that's like clue like some who did it in what room with the candlestick like <laughs> i was I getting know. big clue vibes from Were the first you? chapter so good sorry continue i had to highlight that yeah i just didn't like how they did the present present day flashback uh-huh. and then present day a little bit is more is revealed but really not too much right like a b- bunch of false herrings or red mm-hmm. herrings and a flashback <laughs> and a flash forward more red herrings yeah like there's one chapter where it's all the grooms been looking for the body out in the weather, right. like in the in the storm. Yeah. And they go, "Who's that coming over the like? Who's that coming over the hill? He has something in his hand." And it does like another three or four chapters of the flashbacks, uh-huh. and they go, "Oh, it's just Freddy with a torch," and he <laughs> and he leaves. <laughs> okay, Freddy was set up so many times. Like, there's another section where. Freddy comes into the kitchen and he's holding a giant knife, <laughs> and like the bride is like what is going on? Like, she thinks that, like, something bad, like, she oh, yeah, she, like, he's covered in blood, right? Isn't he? He was just cutting yeah. the lamb. <laughs> and, like, Freddy's the chef. Like, obviously, he's <laughs> gonna have a knife. Like, calm down. I um, finally did that a lot throughout the book. It's like the book of a jump scare. Like, there's the one part where they're at the the night before. Yeah. And then Hannah sees, like, this scary gargoyle face yeah. in the window. Yeah. And it skips another couple chapters, and it's just the dad. <laughs> Like the bride's dad, and the bride's like, "Oh, you shouldn't have done that," and that's all that's made of it. Yeah. One thing I didn't like at first, but I mm-hmm. kind of came to get it later, was when Jono thinks mm-hmm. he sees like a shape crouching Ugh. in the darkness of the room. I, th- I thought that would lead to something, yeah. and I thought it didn't, but it was kind of did. That's his like PTSD coming out. Yeah, that was really creepy to me too. I, I hate the idea of like something being in my room without like me knowing, like. I think I've heard too many, like, stories of, like, like, you know, on true crime podcasts when they're like, oh, yeah, he was living in their attic for two weeks. And then when everyone went away, he came out. And I'm just like, don't talk to me about it. Like, I hope you don't get nightmares from this episode. (laughs) Really? Puking nightmares. (laughs) Puking nightmares. (laughs) That's how I'm going to rate all my thrillers from now on. Like, two out of two puking nightmares. Um, Two pukes at a ten. (laughs) (laughs) excellent um yeah I I don't know I think that like um I feel I feel like I agree like there was a lot of jump scares that's a really good way to put it and I I feel like you can tell that we're film majors from this podcast (laughs) talk about things um but yeah I agree I agree it kind of felt like there was a lot set up where you didn't know where it was going to lead and I didn't like that like those things were separated by so many chapters but at the same time I will admit it did lead to be lead to me being like more anxious as time went on. I was like, uh-huh. what's going on? Like, is it supernatural? Like the gargoyle description for someone's face was also really hardcore. Like I would be offended uh-huh. if I that person. It kind of like set up a supernatural thing a little bit with like the thing crouching in the darkness and the gargoyle face and like the graveyard too on the island. Yes. Yes. And I guess that was just kind of like setting, make, making the setting or. I don't know. Ambiance. Ambiance. Uh, we laid the mise en scène. Um, I I don't know. I was kind of thinking that like it was a representation of like, like you know, when people are describing like different like mental health stuff that they go through, and like obviously Jono has like addiction problems as well. Like he's uh-huh. high 
or drunk or on another drug, like the whole story. So at first I was like, okay, maybe he's just having like an episode or something. Um, But yeah, even with Aoife, like she's obviously super depressed if she's like willing to kill someone for revenge. Like, Uh you know, like, uh, so yeah, that's what I'd say anyway. (laughs) I just wanted to say, even despite like all my not so great opinions about the book, I'm not going to say it's a bad book. Oh, it just, it just wasn't for me. That's <laughs> Maybe very I'm just generous. too nitpicky, but Austin, that's really generous. I think <laughs> I wouldn't uh... tell anyone not to check it out. Oh, but... that's Austin. You're like the nicest reviewer. <laughs> that was like so. That was very. Generous. I won't recommend it, but I won't not recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> that's so neutral. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's me. <laughs> um. Okay, I'd well, do the then... same thing with a good book, too. Be like, oh, it was really good, but I wouldn't read it if you don't want to. <laughs> Whereas I'm like, you have to read this, or I will never <laughs> be able to like talk to you about this again. Um, okay, Austin, there was a lot of things that you thought weren't executed well. I want to ask you, I know that you don't read a lot in this genre, but what do you think is the anatomy of like a good thriller? Like, Is there anything you would like to see? So what I was saying before, just the layout of the plot. Mm-hmm. I would have liked all the clues to be laid out beforehand. Okay. And I guess it's kind of hard to this one, but I would have liked more actually looking in, to like investigating the murder instead of just the groomsmen out wandering the 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 storm. Yeah. That and I guess because Jono got framed for it, they can't really delve into that too much. But yeah, I did like how they explored each character's motive. Yeah. Motives as <laughs> coincidental as some of them may have been. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely think the the multiple POV kind of story is a good way to tell a murder mystery story. Yeah. Yeah. If anyone's looking for like a good like multiple point of view slash breakfast club narration, (laughs) um, One of Us is Lying is like a YA thriller um, by Karen McManus, which I adore. Uh, It's really good. Um, I also don't know if this is being morbid of me, but mm -hmm. I think... Will got killed way too easily. You think he deserved more? Yes. I also kind of feel like that because even when Aoife was like confronting him and she was like, do you know who I am? And he's like, oh my God, you're the hot sister from the photograph. And I was like, (laughs) buddy, the the worst thing that you could say to someone right now. Like, don't, (laughs) like, that's like the equivalent of like, uh, like hitting on someone by like saying something mean, like, this is not the appropriate setting. Like, she's about to kill you. Do not go there. I was going to say, too, if I was, like, 30-something on my wedding night, I probably wouldn't remember a picture of some kid sister <laughs> I saw 20 years before. Can you imagine? <laughs> no matter how hot she was. Oh, my God. I was like, get your head in the game, as <laughs> Troy Bolton from High School Musical would say, and focus like you're about to be murdered. Just I did think it was head. ridiculous how... When Eva was taking him out to murder him. Yeah. Will was like, oh, maybe we're going to hook up right now. Oh, my God. <laughs> Are you serious? Like, he's he's like, maybe I shouldn't. It's my wedding night. Oh, he's the worst. He's the worst. <laughs> and, like, I think, like, one of the things, too, is that, like, as we were going through, like, reading this, like, in the beginning, we also forgot to talk about this, but Jules receives a note saying that she shouldn't marry Will. He's not the man she thinks he is. And it's kind of, like, in the back of her mind, like, this whole wedding Uh preparation. But, like, she says it herself several times, like, 
all she really cares about is that like they look good together yeah and like i was like okay so i was like mm, like what's going on here like this does not seem great either <laughs> um but yeah even like the dad is like well I-, I can't like give you my blessing but and she's like are you kidding me like you abandoned me and you can't even do this one minor thing that's another thing i didn't like to set up a whole bunch of tension with all the parents which yeah. also didn't really lead to anything which i guess is similar yeah. to real life but yeah <laughs> and a narrative i think i feel like you kind of want that closure yeah i agree and like i feel like because the dad was the headmaster of the school i was like shouldn't he be more involved with this somehow uh-huh. they, they, they kind of imply that he knew that will cheated on whatever test and was kind of responsible for the kid dying but didn't want to say anything to res- preserve his reputation She's like garbage. I don't and even know. that didn't lead to anything because there were no repercussions. Like we didn't see any repercussions for him after Will died. No. Yeah, the dad seemed awful. I mean, Jules's parents didn't seem that great either. Um, yeah, I don't know. The only person that I feel bad for in this story, other than Olivia, was my girl Hannah, <laughs> who was the best character out of all of them. She's like this like sweet wife who gives her husband the benefit of the doubt um and like her husband charlie is like hannah's one of hannah's closest friends and he just seems like so like oblivious and mean (laughs) unintentionally like he just like pretty much ignores his wife this whole weekend and then Uh like her like fears are confirmed that like he slept with the bride after she had their child and i was like justice for hannah like dump him Oh, that's one thing I didn't like when he was like, oh, you were never in the mood. And she goes, oh, you mean during the postpartum depression? Like, oh, my God. Like, and it's so weird because, like, on paper, like, the character of Charlie seems like such a good guy. Like, he's, like, a teacher. He's, like, a good dad, kind of, sort of. (laughs) And, like, you know, he's there for his best friend who's getting married. But then, like, he just, like, is so absent with, like, his own wife that I'm, like, buddy, like, come on um I really did not enjoy reading that and then like he was like oh yeah it was only the one time though <laughs> I was like mm, like does not seem to counteract that but okay there was know. one thing I wanted to bring up before you were thinking when you were asking about what makes a good yes murder mystery story I think they should have told us that Will was the victim right in the beginning because they waited until like the last quarter of the book to tell us that Will is actually the victim even though it becomes yeah. pretty obvious throughout yeah. But I think they should have made him, they, they told us he was the victim at the beginning, mm-hmm. and then made him seem like a good person, and then slowly reveal why he was such a good person, why he deserved to get murdered. Yeah. I agree. I could see that. I feel <laughs> that. I don't know. I, like, <clears throat> I felt like it was going to be Will, but then for a while there, I was also, like, is it going to, like, is there going to be a twist, and, like, Jules goes out to kill him, and then he kills her? Like, I didn't really know if there was going to be a last minute turn uh-huh. and there wasn't. I think maybe I, if there was, I would have liked the, the yeah. book more, but it seemed pretty straightforward it being Will. and Yeah. It was like relaxing. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not like mad about it, but I'm also like, there was a little bit of potential to like explore a different, you know, situation, I think. But what I was <laughs> thinking after we did our trial run before with our guest who we won't name for decency's sake. She was talking about how she likes a book where you can just sit back and not think about it too much. Yes. Which I didn't really find this kind of book to be. Because 
you have to kind of connect all the points and yeah like <laughs> maybe i'm just thinking too hard about it and that's why i didn't like it as much maybe <laughs> i don't know that's a really good point i mean like i feel like i consume a lot of books in this sh- in this genre um but i like unless it's like an author who like i don't know how to say this like i really really like feel understands how to toy with like the reader's you know understanding like Jillian Flynn I never know what's going to happen in her books I never do and it's always like messed up like I feel like this book um and like you and I have kind of talked about this before but like like when it comes to true crime stuff I feel like there's always a setup of okay like especially if it's centered around like a female or a female identifying character like usually it's pretty obvious that like there's a guy who's like a predator who is like messing with all of this stuff and like that like it's not a bad story and like it can be done really well as well because like sadly like we see a lot of that in news stories where when something violent or bad happens like god forbid you know like um we're familiar with that like storyline because it's obvious but like Uh reading like Jillian Flynn's books like you never know like you you just never know and like I think the movie Gone Girl did, did a bad job of bringing that to life because uh, I don't know what it is. Like Ben Affleck just never works out <laughs> in a movie for me personally. No offense to any fans of Ben out there. You don't like uh, the newest Batman? Don't even bring that up to me. <laughs> the only time I'm a fan of Ben Affleck is when, you know that meme of him leaning out a balcony smoking looking so dead <laughs> in the world? <laughs> A lot of times in conversations, I'll just send that meme to someone to explain how I'm feeling. Like, I'm just, like, so jaded, so burnt out, so done. Like, I, I have nothing left. I have nothing left but this Ben Affleck meme to respond. Um, you just get a fake cigarette and reenact that every time you're done with something. <laughs> I'll just, like, print out a mask and hold it up. Like, at the, you know, like, scorecards and, like, figure skating when they're, like, 10. But it's just me and Ben Affleck. Like, 10 for 10. Um... Yeah, anyway, Gillian Flynn, um, Sharp Objects, did not see that ending coming. I won't do any spoilers here, but, like, a bunch of teenage girls are, like, murdered, and it's not what you think is going to happen. And I really do feel like um, maybe the reason I like thrillers so much lately is that there's, like, a really strong, like, wave of, like, writers who are writing uh, female characters who are, like obviously not put together obviously going through something like ptsd depression anxiety and um yeah it just like it makes the storylines so powerful because you're just going through and you're like can you trust this narrator what's happening to this narrator like you know authors like jillian flynn ruth ware uh lisa jewell and lucy foley now (laughs) like there's just like a lot to unpack there so i think that's really interesting I just realized I have a huge contradiction in my expectations for books like this because I don't like knowing where a book is going. Okay. But what's the one kind of book I read the most? Oh, my God. History. Historical fiction, too. <laughs> historical fiction. History that I already know where I was going to end. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. How do we explain that? Let's unpack that, Austin. What's going on? I, I, I just thought of that now. I don't know why that is because the series I'm reading now is about Caesar. Obviously, I know Caesar's going to die. I know how he's going to die. I know why. 
but maybe it's like maybe it's like you know how it's going to end but you want to know all the the like mystery no i guess mystery. i guess that ties back to how i was saying that they should have like said what was the murderer at first mm-hmm. so i guess i like knowing the ending and then seeing the leading up lead up to the ending yeah like maybe it's you can not say that, that maybe it's not that you didn't like the book itself maybe it's just you didn't like how they tried to like add mystery or like introduce things like you know what i mean because like it sounds like you like knowing more informative things or like sneaky things not sneaky things what am i trying to say austin (laughs) the coffee is not (laughs) kicking in sorry (laughs) yeah yeah do you have any more questions about the book do i ever austin i was gonna say we know how much you prepare more than i do so (laughs) It's like the type A person in this like relationship <laughs> in this podcast. Um okay. What's my next question? The next question is <laughs> Do you have any opinions about like the movie wave that's coming after this? Like I feel like there's a lot of adaptations um of these things. Like I remember even when you and I were taking a class in uh school, there oh. was like, a, a group that did a project on like the girl on the train by Paula Hawkins. Uh-huh. So, like, obviously the thriller book being adapted to a movie is really big right now. Um, why do you think that is Austin? So this is kind of a whole other topic, but I wish Hollywood put the, would put the brakes on their adaptations okay. and do more original stories personally. Mm-hmm. But where was I going with that? <laughs> <laughs> There's something else I wanted to say, but. Mm-hmm. Oh, so I find. I like when movies do adaptations of books that aren't well known. Mm-hmm. But then the paradox of that is once they make the adaptation then the book becomes mainstream and then. Yes, <laughs> oh, we know how we feel about that. I agree. <laughs> I think it's a tough call because I understand that when your book gets picked up to be adapted, it's a big deal for authors, especially in an age where Uh the sales that they make from books are not as good as they once were. Yeah, for sure. And, like, I've noticed a lot of my favorite authors who, like, writing is not their day job. They have another job to support this job. Uh uh, Which we can get into in a whole other episode because (laughs) I think it's bonkers. Like, um, the arts are so undervalued and Uh I think that everyone uses the arts every single day to improve their life or enjoy life like that's the purpose of life um to just you know create and try to communicate and celebrate those creative ambitions but I understand what you're saying because Uh oftentimes it gets made into a movie and then you become that annoying friend who's like the book was better and Uh then your friends don't like that Unless they're you and I, because we're book friends. (laughs) I find a lot of times doing those adaptations, the adaptation overshadows the source material. Yeah, that's 100% true. Um, I'm trying to think of an example, but I'm thinking of you with that James Dean movie. and you Oh, East of Eden? Yes, yeah. Um, And I... I feel the same way. Like, I just feel like I've been let down a few times where they've, like, glossed over really important things to me or they don't do it justice. Um, but I think that like, you know, even when we're talking about thrillers, you're using terminology from movies or shows to explain it. Like when we're talking about jump scares, like Uh I was, yeah. Uh, so I don't know. 
That's it. That's my feeling. So I guess my question to all of that is like, would would you like to see an adaptation of the guest list to the screen? Absolutely. And here's why. (laughs) I think that I loved the setting and I feel like it touched on like, yes, the characters were were terrible, but at the same time, it's (laughs) like, it definitely captured like the zeitgeist of the moment, I think, which is like this feeling of like excess of trying to like live up to you know, like the the Pinterest level insta influencer culture. That's another thing I didn't like. I'm not a big fan of modernity. So Yeah. I, I I kind of was interested in it just because I like to see it, you know, exposed for the dark areas, I guess you would say. Uh-huh. Um, not that it's all bad. I don't think it is, but it was interesting to see that kind of explored because there is so much potential for for bad things to happen as we've uh-huh. seen. <laughs> but yeah. That's what I'd say. Do you think it would work better as like a movie or like a TV series? I would say a TV series. I think like, again, I'm going back to that Breakfast Club multiple point of view framework. Like to me, when I'm reading that, sometimes I picture like, you know, in reality TV shows where they have like a confessional and like uh-huh. you get to hear from like everybody individually about the scene uh-huh. going down. And that like is kind of funny to me because like people will say things that they would never say in the moment. Like you could see like a family sitting down and eating dinner and someone says something and then there's like that dramatic music and it's like <laughs> everyone's like shooting glances at each other. Like who's going to go off? Like she put down the ham and then you go to, you, you like flash to another scene and it's like a confessional and that person's like, when that jerk put down the ham on that table (laughs) i nearly hit that plate (laughs) (laughs) exactly so i think there's like a lot of potential for that to be really fun like i don't know i think it would be cool as like a um almost like you know the office when they do like that fake documentary feel yes i think that would be media i'm not a big fan of but i get what you're talking about (laughs) yeah that's fair i like that's how you know as a thriller now i'm picturing the office as a thriller and i'm reminded of (laughs) One of my favorite works that you've ever completed, um, Babe, the pig movie as a horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, please explain that to the listeners because it was so, one of the best things. Yeah, in, in third year of university, Sophia and I took a like a video editing class. Yes. One of our assignments was to recut an already made movie into a trailer of a completely different genre. Mm-hmm. So I took Babe, Pig, in the Sea and made that into a horror movie trailer. It was the funniest like best thing I've ever seen and I had to present at like this like uh, symposium for like my university or whatever and we came in on a weekend and little did I know the teacher was gonna show Austin's clip and <laughs> I lost it I was like so proud I was like that's my friend that's my friend he wasn't even there and I was like I know did him spell, did he spell my name wrong too yeah he did he did spell <laughs> your name wrong but I knew it was you that's all that matters <laughs> Yeah. I just wanted to say before, whenever, most of the time we record, mm-hmm. Kate's in the room. Yeah. But since I record with headphones on, she only ever hears half of what we're saying. <laughs> so it probably sounds so weird when we're talking about, like, the ham hit the table. <laughs> <laughs> and then we talk about babe. That's so dark. <laughs> oh, that's rough. Yeah. Wow. So I want to say one thing that I'm worried about with this episode. Okay. This book seems pretty popular in the book community. <laughs> I know. And I'm afraid my not-so-positive... <laughs> review of it is gonna you're gonna get some hate mail but like Sophia your co-host is an idiot no no one would say that I think that like part of the fun about talking about books is like seeing how other people react to like and if it's like the same as you and I mean like 
It's great. It's it's <laughs> great to have differing opinions. That's I like... kind of... that means we're a. Uh... Oh, sorry. I think you froze. You froze too. Oh, good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Excellent. I was saying I actually hope we could get some hate mail because once you get hate mail, that means you've really made it. <laughs> I'm like, you're afraid of like an angry mob, like storming our Instagram DMs, <laughs> like instead of like random people, it's just like, you know, pitchforks. They're looking for Frankenstein. <laughs> what is that called? A battering ram when they're trying to break in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was great. Do you have any else, anything else to say on the guest list? Honestly, no, I think we covered most of it. Just like justice for Hannah and Olivia. Um, I, I 100% think we're going to see this as a Netflix adaptation. It's just how we live now. Everything is adapted by Netflix. Um, I've accepted it. <laughs> One closing thing I wanted to say is that I found the guest list to be a very unfitting title because the murderer wasn't on the guest list. <laughs> But, like, kind of, she was. Like, you always invite the wedding planner to the wedding. That's just tasteful. Have, I think they should have called the wedding party or something. <laughs> I agree, actually. That that sounds good. But then it would sound too much like her other book, The Hunting Party. Oh, right. She's okay. got to branch out. She's got to diversify <laughs> the titles. I guess. I don't know. They should have called it an exclusive wedding on an Irish island. Right on the nose. And I love that. <laughs> That's wonderful. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Well, thanks for chatting with me, Austin. No problem. Sorry I didn't like the guest list. I tried to like it. Sorry I recommended it. That was on me. <laughs> I just, I trust Reese. I went with my gut, and uh, that's where we are. I have to send some hate mail to Reese with her spirit. Oh, my God. <laughs> Not to our savior, Reese. We love her. All right. Well, I'll talk to you next week. Yep. See you next week. Bye.